sometimes God says no to you because it's not your territory. It's just not for you. As simple as that. It's not something that is a part of your plan. It is not something that is a part of his plan for you. It is something, maybe it's a position, maybe it's a person that God has set aside for someone else. And if he were to say yes to you, he would be taken away from a promise that he made to somebody else. It is as simple as that. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it is your girl, Autumn Miles, coming back to you for another episode of the Autumn Miles Show. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you are here with me today. We have so many things to chat about, discuss. We're heading into spring, which is... Oh, I love spring. I love spring. I love summer. I love fall. I'm not a huge winter person, uh, but I love the newness of spring. I don't know which is my favorite, if it's spring or if it's autumn, because my name's autumn and I kind of felt obligated a little bit, but I love the newness. I love taking a walk and seeing the buds on the trees and I love the sun and and getting out and I love to walk and I just love to be outside so it is happening I am feeling it today I'm super happy to be back with you guys today I have such a cool word for you guys today we're gonna talk about why God says no I know we get frustrated when he says no, and you know, he gets it, he gets it, but we're going to talk about one of the reasons why God says no after the break. It's going to be good. You're not going to want to miss it. There are so many different things happening in my world, which we'll get to in a minute, but a couple of announcements. Thank you guys for following along. I love the fact that you are so loyal. <laughs> We've got, we had a, a message uh, last week or whenever it was, and she was like, I've been listening for five years or whatever. And I just want to say thank you so much. I mean, a lot of you guys have been listening since the radio days, and um, we stopped the radio in 2020 at the end of 2020. And you guys are are just absolutely amazing. Thank you. It encourages me. Every message we get, everything that we get, it encourages us to keep moving. So thank you for that. Also, if the ministry has ministered to you, don't forget to leave a little donation if God so moves your heart. God's going to take care of us. But you know what? There are places that my husband and I give just because, listen, they've sewed a lot into us. And so we want to give back. So that is an option that is available to you. Go to autumnmiles.com and you can find the little donate button. And we would love that. And a lot of you guys have. So thank you so, so, so much. Your girl loves you over here. Well, what's happening in my life? Uh, last week we had Valentine's Day. I gotta say, I am I'm super kind of obsessed with Valentine's Day for my children more than Eddie and I. We really do work on and we really do invest in our marriage really as much as possible. 
whatever that means. If we need to, you know, talk to somebody, if we need to go on a date, if we need to, you know, have a really hard conversation slash argument. <laughs> because sometimes you just gotta, you know, you just gotta have conflict to get through it. I don't understand these couples that are like, we never fight. We've never fought one time in my life. I'm like, really? I, how do you solve? Are, do you agree on everything? Like, we, we don't. But we really try to kind of face what's in front of us. And sometimes those are small things, like little petty things, like annoying things. And sometimes they're huge things that it's like, listen, we cannot uh, move forward until we really focus on this area of our relationship. And so we've done that a lot over the years. We've been married almost 20 years. We'll be married 20 years in May. And we were actually just talking about it last night about how the investment you put in your marriage is never going to return to you nothing. So anyway, Valentine's Day for Eddie and I, I love it. I think it's cute, but really I love it for my children while they're all at home. You guys know I only have Grace for one more year. I got up and did this huge Valentine's Day breakfast. I was making pink pancakes, which don't look good to me, but they love them. And so I make them with pink milk and strawberries and everything red and pink and it's so cute I mean even the boys are like this is cute mom but my husband did something special for me something I've wanted to do for years like years I've wanted to do this I've always walked by you know like Williams-Sonoma I don't think Williams-Sonoma does it but there's other places that do cooking classes and you guys know if you follow me on Instagram at all you guys know I love to cook like the holidays I'm in the kitchen I'm not a stranger to cooking I like soul food like soul food is kind of my vibe it's kind of my jam um, so I cook a lot of that only because it's in my family my grandma was the best cook of anyone I've ever met in my life something that you hate she could take and make it taste delicious. It would be the best thing you've ever had in your life. I never like lima beans. Some people call them butter beans, but I never like lima beans. And when I was like 10 years old, I remember going into her house and she's like, Autumn, why aren't you eating the lima beans? And I was like, because I don't like them. She was like, that's because you haven't had mine. Take some. <laughs> she put them on my plate and I ate them. And they were like the best thing I ever had. Who knows what was in those lima beans, but they were phenomenal okay so anyway I've always wanted to do a cooking class and last night Eddie surprised me with a cooking class and like you go in there and there's 10 couples and you share like a burner with another couple so you're like making your dinner with another couple which I thought was kind of weird I don't know it's just like a weird feeling like you know, they're stirring it. We're kind of watching them. I mean, they were so cute. They were so sweet. They were married seven years, had two little kids. Most adorable couple ever. But it's just kind of a weird vibe. Anyway, my husband goes into his, he's got this really fun side. And everyone else is really being serious. And because we're making French food, which do we like French food? I think we like croissants. <laughs> That's like it. <laughs> anyway, we're making this chicken dish and it turned out okay it turned out okay I don't like dark meat chicken and it was dark meat so I was like eh, not vibing with this but then we made these souffles you guys I've never made a souffle before and to be honest I don't know that I've ever gone to a restaurant and like ordered a soup like I'll have a chocolate souffle 
<laughs> and Eddie and I, I mean, we go out, we love to, you know, try different restaurants and stuff, but I've never sat down and said, I'll have the chocolate souffle. I'm just, I don't think I'm a souffle person. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the lady is like, we're having a chocolate souffle. We're making chocolate souffle. And so out of all of us, I felt like I needed to step up to the plate and fold the souffle. Well, you put two rounds of eggs in the souffle. You put the yolks and then you fold them in the chocolate. And then you put the whites and you fold them in the chocolate. I was so stressed out. I have cooked for decades. I was so stressed out making this chocolate souffle. It's my perfectionism thing coming in. I was stressed out. And then I was thinking, my souffle, I've been cooking for decades. Like, there was a lot of younger people in there, like, in their 20s. Actually, I think I think Eddie and I were the grandpa and grandma of the group. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I've got to show up. I've got to represent the 40-plus in my community. And I'm, like, looking around. And so I'm, like, folding the souffle or whatever. Eddie's videoing me. I feel stressed out. I almost start sweating because no one's ever watched me. I think my family just trusts me with food, but I'm like cooking someone else's souffle here. Anyway, she puts the souffles in the oven and I'm like, that is, I have no idea how that's going to turn out. She pulls them out and she pulls out everyone else's souffles, but our group. And I'm like, what's wrong? Like what we messed it up. I folded it too much. I got all the air out of it. So it's not going to poof up like a souffle does. And then she looks at our group and she was like, your souffles are so light and airy. They're so good that they have to cook a little bit longer. And I just felt so good about myself in that moment. We were high-fiving the other couple. Eddie was like, that's right. That's because we're Julia Child over here. You know, it was so fun. So we ate the food that we made. I didn't love the chicken, but everything else was delicious. And it was such a fun time with Eddie. We've never done that before, but um, he's so fun when we get in circumstances like that. His little, like, he's pretty chill, but he's definitely got a point of view and a personality, and it always comes out. So we had a blast. That was our Valentine's Day celebration, and it wasn't a lot of food, so we had to hit up a drive-thru on the way home. Which was hilarious, but um, that's what we did. It was super, super fun. So anyway, I hope you guys had a good Valentine's Day last week. And, you know, it's always it's always good to remember that the greatest love of all is Jesus. We all know that. We all know that. If you're listening here, we all know that. That's what's happening in my life. Listen, we are going to start. We're getting ready to start a great new series. We are going to, um, you're going to love this segue. We are going to do a series on, I'm naming it, and it was inspired by our cooking class. I am naming this series Soul Food, okay? I grew up on soul food. I love soul food. I cook soul food. We're not going to talk about food. We're going to talk about your soul needing to be fed, and it is going to be good. God gave me this series. I always pray through it. And, and, you know, quite frankly, we never put out a series. I don't feel like the Lord has anointed for that time. I've seen a lot of people that are unhappy and they don't know why. Discontent and they don't know why. Struggling with anxiety and they don't know why. 
And I really do believe we're going to do several weeks on this and we're going to tackle some of these places of hunger in us that Jesus filled. It's going to be great. It's going to lead us up to Easter. So that is coming up. You are not going to want to miss it. Okay. So after the break, we are going to answer one of the reasons why God says, no, you do not want to miss it. And I will see you back in a second. We have a liftoff. Yeah, stand on a rock and I roll like a lion. Demons came at me, I knew they were lying. Put on my armor and then started shining, unloaded the clip. The spirit was flying. Pressure been building, it's all about timing. Stand on a rock, I stand on a diamond. Stand on a rock, a vessel like duck. Demons came at me, I put them in chuck. Firm foundation, my fear got popped. Got on my life and he put it on lock. Holding the city since 14. Yeah. Put it into me to sleep like it's codeine. God got my back and it's home like an OG. Yeah. So I'ma keep fighting like it's OT. The potential for God to change lives is clear. Autumn Miles has a mission to spiritually challenge the way people think. The Autumn Miles Show and Autumn Miles Ministries are 100% listener supported by those who have already been blessed by God's Word. Would you like to see others experience the change that you have already experienced? Consider being a financial partner with this life-changing ministry. Simply go to autumnmiles.com and click the Donate tab. While you're there, check out all the aspects of this dynamic work. Thank you for supporting Autumn with your prayers and by being a financial partner. God bless you. Okay, guys, we are back. Hope you like my souffle story. My souffle was very souffle-y, and I was super proud of myself. Um, Okay, so we're going to talk about one of the reasons why God says no. Okay, there are reasons why he does. And I think, you know, we can get so caught up in a no in our life that we focus so much on it that it takes away our joy, our perspective, our faith. It takes away our desire to even sit with God and have a conversation with God because we're so mad at God because all God needed to do was to tell us yes because we wanted it, okay? And God does say yes. I mean, I wrote in Gangster Prayer, the disrespected yes, how God is a giving God. We see that in Genesis, and we also see that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see God giving. His nature is giving. He is the most generous God that you will ever meet, okay? He he has given us the spirit of generosity. He is a generous God, but... Sometimes he says no. And it's funny. I talked about Job a couple months ago. We will accept the blessing from the Lord, but we will not accept the bad from the Lord. And sometimes we have to go through both. I mean, look at Job. He was blessed, but then also everything was taken away from him. And he told his wife, shall we accept good from the Lord and not this? I want to focus in on, yes, we accept yes from the Lord. We want the yes from the Lord. We want God to say yes for us. But no from God is sometimes the best yes you could ever receive. We're in a culture where 
All we want is yes, and we will not reject no. I hear, you know, the little cliche, you know, rejection, God's rejection is your protection. And it's real cliche and it's real Christian easy. And I never, ever say it except for right then when I just said it. But there is a lot of truth in that cliche saying. When God says, no, there is a protection that he is telling us, listen, that's not for you right now. Because I see what you can handle and you cannot handle that right now. And we don't like to hear that, but we need to hear that. So that when we get told no by the Lord or when the door shuts or when the opportunity goes away, when the opportunity changes, when they change their mind, we are not left mad because a lot of times when God says no, he is leading us to a better yes. Okay. Not everything is for you, but that does not mean that God does not have something better for you than what he told you no about. Okay. In the last, this message was inspired, uh, my older kids, you know, my, my daughter's kind of in this season where she's like <laughs> learning real life things and realizing, oh, I have a job and I have to pay for that. And sometimes I have to say no to stuff because I can't afford that. She's learning how to really manage finances right now. She's learning the power of a no. Um, she's learning how to say no to opportunities when they're not, they might be good opportunities, they're not the best opportunities for her. And we're teaching that. We've instilled that in her at a very young age. Um, the power of no, okay, and how God says no. And it's not something we should be mad about. It's something that we should embrace because we don't want what he doesn't want for us. And in the last month, it feels like God has handed her a lot of no's, okay? And it's been one of those seasons where she's like, Mom, help me. <laughs> and we've processed through why God says no. My son, too, my older son, now my, the eight-year-old, they're still eight. So they hear no from us. Like, no, you cannot go, you know ride your hoverboard in the street at 530 in the afternoon. Why? Because you'll get by a car. Um, no, you cannot play your iPad until your eyes burn because it's not good for your brain. No, Haven, you cannot eat candy for dinner. Why? Because it's not healthy for you. So we're in that phase with them and they don't like our nose, but that's okay because we're training them one day. God is going to tell them no and how to process it. My son has also heard a lot of no's. He got a no a couple of weeks ago and it was like weird. Like even people around him were like, this makes absolutely no sense. Why did you not get this? And, and Eddie and I didn't know either. He didn't make a team that he had tried out for. And we're just kind of like looking around going, that's weird. And a lot of kids that made the team were looking at him going, it makes no sense why you didn't make it. Eddie and I in our parenting, you know, we will tell him, yes, they told you no. And a lot of times God uses other people to say his no for him. But what what is God saying yes to? 
Okay. So this is kind of instigated by, obviously, everything I talk about is instigated by my own process, my own life. Like, we live what what I teach here. And I want to read you this passage of scripture. For those of you that have gotten a no recently, maybe, you know, you're, you're facing a divorce that's not going anywhere. It is happening. Okay. No, we will not reconcile. Maybe you got turned down for that job promotion. No, we found somebody else. God's people were told by God, no. And I want to read it for you. It's going to encourage your heart. Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 9 says this. Then we turned and set out for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. As the Lord spoke to me, now Moses is... um. Moses wrote Deuteronomy here. So he is the one who's talking and he's recounting the processes that led him into the promised land with uh, the nation of Israel. Then we turned and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea as the Lord spoke to me and encircled Mount Seir for many days. How many of you guys feel like you're circling Mount Seir for many days? (laughs) That is like one of the most practical, relevant things, <laughs> because sometimes God just makes us circle. <laughs> we're like, when are we coming out of this? I just we're circling here. We're all I'm, there's. I feel like we're doing the same thing every day. It's Groundhog Day every day. Why do we keep circling the same thing? Well, Israel know what you were talking about. Moses would be like, I know that was rough. But they circled Mount Seir for many days, verse 2. And the Lord spoke to me saying, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn to the north. Now I can preach that a lot, but uh, we're going to move on. And commanded the people saying, you will pass through. Now listen, you will pass through the territory of your brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. So be very careful. Do not provoke them. Listen to what God says. For I will not give you any of their land, even as little as a footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money so that you may eat. And you shall also purchase water from them with money so that you may drink. Verse seven, for the Lord, your God has blessed you and all that you have done. He has known you're wandering through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord, your God has been with you. You have not lacked anything. So verse eight. So that's what God said. You're going to go through the territory of Seir. But the sons of Esau live there, and I am not giving it to you. Okay. This passage tells us why sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says no to you because it's not your territory. It's just not for you. As simple as that. 
it's not something that is a part of your plan. It is not something that is a part of his plan for you. It is something, maybe it's a position, maybe it's a person that God has set aside for someone else. And if he were to say yes to you, he would be taken away from a promise that he made to somebody else. It is as simple as that. When God said no to the nation of Israel, no, you can't go through this particular land. It was not because he was being mean to them. It was because he had preserved it for someone else. Sometimes God says no because it's just not your territory. Have you ever thought of it like that before? I remember when Eddie and I were in the adoption process and we wanted every yes, <laughs> like every yes. You know, if you have ever, if, if you've adopted kids out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We went through this process and they give you what's called opportunities of birth moms who are placing their children in adoption or releasing them to adoption. And you, the adoption agency we used that she called them, they called them opportunities. Here is an opportunity. And so they'll come in your email. They were emailed to us. I don't know what they do now. We haven't adopted for you know, almost nine years, but they come in your email and you kind of read a profile of the birth mom and you read a profile of the child, like boy or girl, you know, that kind of thing where this child will be born, you know, those kind of things. And we wanted every single opportunity that we say yes to, to be a yes. And you guys, when I tell you we received so many opportunities, it was like, you know, they send them out to all the adoptive parents. And then, of course, the birth mother chooses from who responds, we would like to be considered for this opportunity. I cannot tell you. I mean, we were turned down. I don't even know how many times we'd get an opportunity and it would be like, oh, my goodness. You know, I really, really want this particular opportunity. It just feels like it would be a good fit for our family. And you just wait, like you respond, you almost respond instantly because when you're in the, in the adoption process, it's like, it's like finding out if you're pregnant or not. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's very weird. It's very different process than having a biological child. We've done both. I know how they both work, but you know, we're, we're like immediately responding to these emails. Like, yes, we want to be considered for this opportunity for this child. Only three or four days later to not hear anything to get an email that says, thank you so much for being willing to take this child. Unfortunately, the birth mother has chosen another set of adoptive parents. The rejection was so incredibly real. We had a friend that actually used the same adoption agency that we used and, you know, a friend of a friend, friend of a friend of a friend, I think. And I was talking to this friend that conjoined us and this other couple that was adopting and found out that we had both put our names in the hat for this one particular child. And, you know, obviously we were praying for this one particular child. Like, God, if this is what you have for the Miles family, give us a yes. And a couple days later, we got the email in my inbox that said, unfortunately, 
the birth mother has chosen another set of adoptive parents. Only for me to find out two weeks later that the set of adoptive parents that was chosen was this other family. (laughs) Only to find out (laughs) that they needed to come stay with us because they were going to adopt close to where we live. And but adoption is so expensive. And so they were wanting to, you know, kind of offset some of the the cost. And I remember getting that phone call. Hey, the birth mom chose so-and-so. They need a place to stay. Could they stay with you guys while they bring this baby home that we have put our names in the hat for? And it was like the weirdest feeling ever because we were disappointed because of the no. And they were rejoicing because this baby was their child, was their child. It was their territory. It was what God had set aside for them, not us, them. It was like the territory of Seir. Go through there. But I will not, verse 5, give you any of their land, even as little as a footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. And it dawned on me as we said, yes, of course, come stay at our house. My heart is broken, but come stay at our house. (laughs) Of course they can. It dawned on me. Wait a minute. This was their territory. This was something. This child for them was a child that had been written in their story before they were even born, before they were even born, not even the child, before they were even born. This is a piece of their inheritance, their goodness, their blessing from the Lord that I don't want anything to do with. I don't want the territory that God has set aside for somebody else. I don't want what you have I don't want what God has for you, but I want 100% of what God has for me. It dawned on me during that time. How can I be upset with my no? Why weren't we good enough? Why wasn't our family, you know, pretty enough? Why weren't we what the birth mother wanted? Why were we failing in that? I realized it doesn't matter. I don't want to be upset when God has given such a blessing to a family that is so incredibly precious. I think this mindset will help us process the no. Now, it's not going to make it any easier in the beginning. But when we realize, listen, God said no to us because it wasn't for us. It wasn't the best thing for us. But that does not mean that he does not have territory with our name on it that he is telling other people no to. Do you understand? That what God has set aside for you, he tells other people no to those opportunities. Your yes is somebody else's no. When God says, yes, you can have that promotion at work, that means he's telling how many, 10, 15, 20, 100 other people, nope, nope, I preserved that for my girl. I preserved that for my guy. 
Uh-uh. No, you can't have it. It is set apart. It's not yours. It's theirs. So when the nation of Israel was traveling through the land of Seir, listen, don't provoke them, God said. Uh, let me pick it up in verse 4. Deuteronomy 2, 4. And command the people saying, you will pass through the territory of your brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Mount Seir, and they will be afraid of you. So be very careful. Don't provoke them, for I'm not going to give you any of their land, even as little as a footstep. It's amazing to me. I've had this conversation with my son (laughs) and my older daughter, not the little ones yet. And, you know, countless women and countless um, over, you know, 20 years of ministry have a lot of conversation with a lot of people. But a lot of times when it deals with breakups or when it deals with, you know, engagements that break up or or relationships that break up or whatever, I'm going to tell it like it is kind of girl. I will talk to the people and I will say, you do not want ever to marry who God has set aside for somebody else. You don't want that. I mean, I've looked at my son and we've had lots of conversations about girls with him. Just recently, we had this conversation. Listen, son, God has someone set aside for you. You do not want the territory that God has set aside for somebody else. And when you look at this subject of God saying no, in that light, it allows you to process the no better. I remember there was a church in Atlanta that, um, this is years ago. We hadn't even adopted yet. There was a church in Atlanta that had called Eddie and they started the interview process with Eddie. And like, I wanted to go there. <laughs> it's like, I wanted to, I'm just telling you, I love the church. I love the pastor of the church large church, you know, the whole thing. And he keeps going, Eddie, you know, when you interview for a church, it's like 47 interviews. It's like so crazy. It's not like three. It's like, and then you're going to be, you know, the cousin of the cousin of the cousin of the deacon that, that worked here 10 years ago. It's so crazy. And I get it. Like, I've, I'm not knocking the process because you got to make sure you got the right person in there. But it was like, and then you're going to be the head of the um, decoration committee, you know, from 1946. (laughs) It's like, go crazy. And if she says yes, we'll move you on to the next round. Like, it is so insane. Any ministry people out there, can I get an amen on that? It's like, it's so crazy. Uh, They do this thing called candidating. I don't know if they call it that anymore, but where you are flown out to the church and you're there for like four days and you have like coffee, breakfast, coffee, 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 lunch, coffee, 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 dinner, coffee, coffee, dessert, go home and go to bed. And you meet all of these people like from everywhere. It's like, who are you again? You know, they're like, I'm the cousin of the cousin of the cousin of the cake baker that, you know, um, baked the pastor's cake for his birthday. It's like, great. You know, anyways, I wanted to go to this church in Atlanta. I just did. I just was asking for it. Now, I did not have peace about it. (laughs) So um, let me just say that. I did not have a piece about it going. I just wanted to go. I think think Georgia's pretty. I think Atlanta's pretty, you know, whatever, whatever. 
And they they were taking Eddie through the process and he would like pass around a round of interviews. And we were like, wow, praise the Lord. You know, God loves us. Yeah, baby God is working here. He'd go to the next round of interviews and he would pass that round of interviews. I don't even know what round we were on, but it was it was the last round. And they, they had flown Eddie out. They didn't want me to come. They flew Eddie out and he went out and um sat down and that's what he did. Coffee, 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 breakfast, coffee, 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 lunch. Seventeen coffees later, dinner, seven coffees later, dessert. And I'm like waiting at home because I got Grace and Jude over here and I'm like dying. Like what is going on? He calls me and he was exhausted. He was like, I can't say anything. I'm so tired. I've just talked and talked theology and talked all this stuff all day and met all these people. And of course, I'm like chipper, ready to have a conversation. And he said, the last guy that I met with told me I need to have a final meeting with the guy who's making the decision. You know, the ominous last interview. We had gotten there. Okay. And... So the next day he goes to this interview and the guy comes in, they get coffee, coffee. And I sit down and the guy looks at Eddie and he goes, he didn't say anything. He just said, it's going to be a no. <laughs> what? We went through 3,200 interviews for this. It's going to be a no. And I wasn't there, so I'm recounting what Eddie said. He he said, okay, like we were really, like I'm looking at houses there to move there, like the whole thing, I'm doing all this stuff. And then the guy said, I don't know why it's a no. He said, to be honest with you, no one knows why it's a no. We don't have a good reason for it to be a no. All we know is that it's a no because no one has peace about this. And that was it. <laughs> that was real short. It's like three minutes of rejection. And um, so Eddie gets in the rental car and he comes back. Um, he's like driving, driving the rental car and he calls me and I'm expecting like a yes, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Autumn, it's just a no. And I'm telling you what, I was really, really mad at the Lord. God, this is something that I wanted. This is something that. I just felt like was right for us. I didn't necessarily have full peace, but I was getting there. And now this, this hard rejection of this awesome church that we know loves Jesus, Bible believing, the whole thing, spirit filled. And then it dawned on me. It's because it's not our territory. Someone else. God has set that position aside for someone else. Esau. It's Esau's territory. It's not ours. And I don't want what God has promised you. I don't want what God has set aside for somebody else. I just don't want anything, any part of it. I think if we looked at things like this, jealousy would, would really stop. Yeah, that's great. They got engaged. Oh, that's great. They got a brand new huge house. Oh, that's great. They got the, this promotion. Oh, that's great. They're putting out, you know, a new book. Oh, that's great. Their career is soaring. Oh, that's great. They're having their 17th baby. Oh, that's great. And here we are. We've been told no multiple times. Maybe if we switch the perspective, 
God is preserving things for others. And he protects them, even from us. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have something set aside that is better for us than if he would have said yes to that opportunity. I want to read verse 7 again. Deuteronomy 2.7 says this, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you've done. He's known your wanderings through the wilderness these 40 years. And the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked a thing. Interesting to me that God is saying you can't have anything from Esau. Nothing. Not even a footstep. I promised it to somebody else. But let me remind you what I've done for you. Moses takes a minute and he reminds them, you're blessed. You've been wandering in the wilderness all these years and you've not lacked one thing. Have you lacked one thing? You have not lacked one thing. God has been with you every step of the way. He's been with you through every trial. He's provided water. He's provided manna. He's provided meat. Literally the clothes on your back have not worn out in 40 years or the shoes on your feet. He has provided for you. And I love that this is the opportunity when there's a rejection that Moses steps in and he's like, mom, 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 mom. God's blessed you. Because he knows the Israelites' tendency when they feel like they're entitled to something that God has set aside for somebody else. He reminds them, nope, don't get a bad attitude. Don't go try to take something that's not yours. But remember, the God that has been faithful to you for these 40 years is the God that will sustain you. And the same God that is preserving their territory is the same God that is preserving yours and telling other people no so that no one gets your territory. Sometimes when we're told no, we need to sit back and we need to remind ourselves, but what has God done? Where has he showed up? Where has he stepped in? What is he preserving for me? Where am I going? Because God's no leads to a better yes, I'm telling you. Verse 8. Uh, I'll pick it up and I'll read uh, half of verse seven. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. Verse eight. So we passed beyond our brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir, away from the Arabah road. We passed through. We just kept on going. (laughs) We passed on through. Uh, we passed beyond our brothers, the son of Esau, who live in Mount Seir, away from the Arabah road, away from Elath, and from Ezion Gerber. And we turned and we passed through by the wilderness of Moab. What do you do when you're told no by the Lord? You just keep on going because you're going towards your possession your territory, what he's laid out for you. You're not walking in circles anymore. Remember, they stopped walking in circles. You're walking towards what God has for you. You're walking towards your yes. 
verse 9, The Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given Ar to the sons of Lot as a possession. So they keep going, and guess what? They're told no again. And if you read this chapter, Deuteronomy 2, you see the journey that the Israelites were on where God consistently said, that's not yours. I'm leading you to your promised land where you're going, your land, but that's not yours. Keep on going. That's not yours. Keep on going. That's not yours. This does something to my spirit. The fact that God is so incredible that he preserves territories for us, our yes is somebody else's no. Have you ever thought of that? I said that earlier. He sets things apart for us. If you've just been told no or there's been a rejection or something like that in your life and you're really, really struggling with it, I hope this encourages you because Israel was not just told no. Jesus was also told no. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Lord, if there is any other way, not my will, yours be done. And guess what? He endured the cross. And he endured the cross so that he could receive the only territory and inheritance that he could receive, which is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. That territory was preserved for Jesus, the Son of God. But he had to be told no first to receive that greater yes. I guarantee if we went back and we had a combo with Moses up in heaven, I guarantee that once they went to the promised land, the land flowing of milk and honey, they would not have said, you know what, I'd like to go back to Esau's territory, to Seir. I'd like to go back to that. You know, I'd like to go back to the territory that was set aside for Lot and his possessions. No, no, no. They would never choose to go back to take someone else's territory once they arrived in theirs. So by faith today, I want you guys to understand that a God who sees all, knows all, has promises for everyone. His inheritance is big enough for us all, guys. I want you by faith just to say, you know what, Lord, if you're struggling with a no right now, I just want you to just say it out loud. You know what, Lord? I get it. And I trust you. I trust you with this no. And I trust that it's leading me to a greater yes. I don't want territory that isn't set aside for me. I only want what you've preserved for me. I'm not going to be jealous. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be frustrated. I want what you have preserved for me. And Lord, we love you today. And God, I thank you for this truth from your word. I thank you in a world where we see everybody's territory, Lord, on social. We see all the things, all the houses, all the kids, all the marriages, all the weddings, all the, you know, 
cars, all the things. I pray, Lord, that we would adopt this mentality. When you say no to us, you're leading us somewhere great. I pray that we would be able to fix our eyes on you and what you've set aside for us so that, God, we don't get discontent. We can remain joyful in this journey, Lord, that you've set us on. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your truth, even when it's hard to hear. We thank you, Lord, you never stop helping us via your Holy Spirit. You never stop leading us. God, I pray um, that you would strengthen the heart of the discouraged right now, disappointed right now, disappointed. Someone out there is disappointed today. They're struggling with that. I pray that you would just strengthen their heart, Lord, with this word and remind them, listen, I got a greater yes for you. That's great. Keep on going. You're going to get there. I thank you that you're good, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, I will see you right after the break to finish out the show. See you in a second. We have a liftoff. Yeah, stand on a rock and I roll like a lion. Demons came at me, I knew they were lying. Put on my armor and then started shining and loaded the clip. The spirit was flying. Pressure been building, it's all about timing. Stand on a rock, I stand on a diamond. Stand on a rock, a vessel like duck. Demons came at me, I put them in chuck. Firm foundation, my fear got popped. Got on my life and he put it on lock. Holding the city since 14. Yeah. Put it into me to sleep like it's codeine. God got my back in the storm like an OG. Yeah. So I'ma keep fighting like it's OT. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at, at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Okay, guys, we're back. I hope you, I hope you love that. I hope it encouraged you. We're going to start like our new series, like I said, next week, but I feel like it was a word we kind of all needed to hear today. So there you go. Okay. We have a testimony that came in. Thank you guys. You talked once about how God fights for those he favors. I've talked about that a lot. And that he fights for me. I love what you said. That's right, girl. He fights for those he favors. Or boy, I don't know who this is. I have to get used to allowing him to do this for me and just believing his word and his promises. I never even knew this would be possible for me. I never knew it would be possible for me to understand and trust my God. Thanks for the passage 
and Zephaniah. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will quiet you in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. I'm beginning to see how he is nothing but love and truth. And he is my God too. Amen. I cannot amen that enough. This is exactly why we do this show. This is it. To open eyes that are struggling to believe, that are struggling to trust the Lord. That, you know, I hear what you're saying, but how do I apply that? This is why we do this show. So this was an aha moment for somebody. And God bless you. This is exactly why we are so faithful and we do this once every single week. I love it. Okay. Here's a question. I often feel like, Jesus, where are you? I know he's with me and he's faithful. But what do you think is one of the main reasons why believers hit this wall where we feel like we don't hear God? I have talked about this so many times, okay? You can read in the Psalms how David will even cry out and he will say, don't be far from me. Answer me. Answer me, God. Oh, God, answer me. My soul desires you. This is nothing new, okay? There is God's presence, his Emmanuel, God with us. We know he is with us. And then there's his manifested presence. So those are two different things, all right? There's a God that is always with us, never leaves us and forsake us. And lo, I'll be, we, be with you always, even till the end of the age, which is what Jesus said. But then there's his manifested presence, both are his presence, guys. <laughs> Both of them. One of them is an awareness that he is with us. And one of them we can feel. It is that sweet manifestation of the spirit of the living God that just descends on you in moments of worship and moments where, you know, maybe your soul is tired and you really need it. Whenever God wants to show up and manifest his tangible presence to you, you know, he will. The question is this, what do you think is one of the main reasons so many believers hit a wall or we feel like we don't hear God? I will tell you what I do when you're talking about his presence. Can I feel you? Are you there? Why do we hit a wall where we feel like we don't hear God? I have an awareness that God is always with me. Do I feel his manifested presence 24-7? No. But I know that he is with me. So a lot of times when I feel like I cannot hear him, I will just speak out even though I'm not feeling the manifested presence of God. I've done this so many times. God, and I'll say this, God, I don't feel you. I don't feel like I can hear you. Where are you at? I know you're there. And I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> Just like you're sitting right next to me. I need to hear from you. I need to know what direction I need to move in. I don't let the fact that I cannot feel his manifested presence keep me from seeking a word from him. I think one of the biggest reasons why so many believers struggle with hearing him is because their souls are not poised and quieted and undistracted in order to do it. Every time I have 
poised my soul and said, I am listening. Bob says, seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found by you, says the Lord. That's a promise. That is a promise from God. He cannot lie. Look it up in Titus. He cannot lie. A God who cannot lie promise. When we're poised, when we've shut off social media, when we're in a place with no distraction and you desperately need to hear from the Lord, he will speak to you and you sit and you wait for it. His presence, his word, his voice is worth waiting for. Okay. I think that's one of the reasons we're way too distracted. I think another reason is that I want to say this right. One reason is that we're distracted. I think another reason is that God is speaking. He's just not saying what we want to hear. I know you didn't like that. (laughs) Maybe he is speaking. But maybe he's saying something that you don't want to hear. I remember a couple of years ago, I felt a block and I was like, Lord, what is going on? Like, I'm faithful. I'm doing all the things. I love you. I'm in your word. I'm teaching my kids righteously. What in the world? And he said, because you've got a lot of healing that you haven't done yet. I didn't want to heal. (laughs) I was fine. But then the Lord began to take me through the process of healing. And I began to understand a lot of things about me, about why I respond the way that I do, why I do the way that I do. And it was brutal, but it was beautiful. And God had quieted himself so that I would seek him harder so that when he spoke, I would listen to exactly what he was going to say. And his message did not hit me the way I wanted it to. I wanted him to say, I'm right here. Hey, girl. But what he said was so much better. You need to heal from things I thought I was healed from. We're too distracted, number one. And number two, a lot of times he's saying so much. We're just not open to hear it. I guarantee you, if you get alone, undistracted and you say, God, I'm here and I'm not leaving until I get a word from you. He will speak. He is faithful. That was such a good question. I really, 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 really wanted to to answer that one. I hope that helps. Okay. Okay. We're going to end on a high note. Let's be real. How many Stanley tumblers do you own? (laughs) I own three. (laughs) I own three. Okay, guys. I hope you have the best week ever. I love you guys so much. Next week, we're going to start soul food. It's going to be so good. It's going to lead us right into Easter. I love you. Share this with a friend, guys. Share with a friend. Come on. Share the love. I will see you guys next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes to her video series, we've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Autumn Miles Show.